Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is episode number 31, Encounters with the Famous, wherein you discover what celebrities I have met and in what bathroom and what embarrassing thing I said to them. When younger, I was in awe of famous people, but I think for all the wrong reasons. As a kid, I took a baseball to the local park to get the York PA Farm League players to sign it. One of them grabbed the ball from me and wrote his name on it. I was shy and I didn't have to ask, but he didn't have to snatch it. That wasn't cool. As I got older, I started to think that maybe celebrities and I are not so different. Paths not taken or just a series of odd circumstances. I'm not widely famous, though a lot of former students know who I am, which of course is not always a good thing. There's often that awkward moment when I see a former student and I'm not sure if I should say hello in case they failed my class. And some people are famous for being famous, which I likely will never be. So those of you hoping for my hacked Instagram nudes can just keep on hoping. In episode number 18, I mentioned briefly urinating next to Orson Bean. I still don't have any more details on that, since it wasn't a big deal, but I would like to say that I always thought the show What's My Line was pretty cool. What's My Line? Brought to you by Geritol. Not because it was a game show, not because they had celebrity guests, and especially not because they gave away cartons of cigarettes as prizes. Imagine. Ugh. No, what was cool was that the panel was not your regular Hollywood stars or washed-up B-listers, now appearing as the Secret Square. These were New York, Broadway people and authors. Often the panel was actress Arlene Francis, publisher Bennett Cerf, journalist Dorothy Kilgallen, and, yes, you guessed it, actor Orson Bean. Who nowadays has heard of any of these people? As for other celebrity encounters, When I was on headset as a stage manager of a show at UC Berkeley, someone mentioned in hushed tones that one of our very capable backstage crew people was the son of Suzanne Somers, a star in Three's Company. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. I'm not sure if we ever confirmed this, but it could potentially make for a good story. If there were any real details, he came in, did an excellent job backstage, which is what the role called for. Now, speaking of the progeny of celebrities, in the summer of 1990, I became the box office manager of Shakespeare Santa Cruz on the University of California's Santa Cruz campus. I have a lot of stories from that summer working near the epicenter of the 1989 Loma Prieta quake that collapsed a mall, walking to work through a herd of cows, and surviving the strange weekends when my wife would come visit me, take me back to Berkeley, and then I would return to work in a rocking, rickety inter-campus shuttle. All those stories for another time and another episode.
But for now, my story deals with Jean-Luc Picard, a.k.a. Patrick Stewart. Or more importantly, his son, who was a cast member of the ensemble for the Jealousy season. Winter's Tale, Othello, and Amadeus. In the line to the ladies' room, my wife overheard someone expressing her surprise. She didn't know that Shakespeare had written Amadeus. No, they always did a contemporary play alongside the Shakespeare, but imagine the greater genius of Will. Had he written about Wolfgang since the playwright died 140 years before the composer was born? Wow. Anyway, back to the Stuarts. They intersected my life at three points that summer. As I mentioned, his son was an actor in the company, but he also began dating one of my box office workers. He would sometimes stop by so that they could hold hands through the box office window. How romantic. Less romantic was my wife's encounter with Patrick Stewart's soon-to-be ex-wife. She was serving as a choreographer for Winter's Tale, and one of the founders of the SSC who furnished me with living quarters for the summer had a tea party for her. She invited a few other ladies and my wife, who just happened to be visiting. Diana reported the encounter there as slightly uncomfortable as they were moving into a transition away from their marriage. To boldly go where no one has gone before. And then there was Jean-Luc. He dropped by the box office one afternoon to pick up his comp tickets. I conspired to be the one who handed them over. I seem to recall that I said something like, the news of your arrival was greatly exaggerated, attempting to be a witty rewrite of the famous Mark Twain line and failing miserably. As it turned out, because my wife was visiting, I secured us tickets for that evening's performance of Amadeus. The show was in the indoor theater, a small thrust if I remember correctly. Because of the intimate nature of the space, we could easily see others in the audience, and everyone immediately identified the location of the starship captain present. One of the best moments of the evening came with the first iteration of the Emperor's line, Ah, well, there it is. When young Stuart, playing the Emperor, delivered the line, everyone's head immediately swiveled to look at Patrick Stewart. He emitted a hearty laugh, oh, 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 and then so did everyone else, seemingly having been given permission to do so. Of course, celebrity is relative, and the amount of its worth is determined by those who hold any celebrity in high esteem. One of the undergrads I worked with at Berkeley was Henry Sume, a double major in physics and in theater, specifically lighting, which as it turns out, does involve some measure of physics. Anyway, Henry was a big Grateful Dead fan and loved it when they performed at the Greek theater. He was also well-versed in the history of the Bay Area. One day, he came into the theater looking a bit starstruck. Do you know who I just saw? Uh, no, I wasn't there. He said a name. I shrugged, not knowing who it was. Nobel Prize winner in physics. I was walking behind the physics building, and he pulled into his own parking space in his Volkswagen Beetle. I just stared, amazed that I was that close to a Nobel Prize winner. It's so great to be on a campus where you can just see someone like that. That is cool, I said. The other day on Durant, I saw Wavy Gravy. Like most people I tell the story to, you probably thought, who? His real name was Hugh Romney, but he ran the hog farm commune in Berkeley. He's the guy in the Woodstock movie who says, Good morning! What we have in mind is breakfast in bed for 500,000. Most people still say, Who? Henry said, with perhaps more enthusiasm than he had a minute ago for the Nobel Prize winner, You saw wavy gravy? 
Those are my big stories of celebrities. Lesser stories concern talking to Walter Koenig, the original Ensign Chekhov of Star Trek, the original series at a Comic-Con, and progressive rock musician and general hospital director Fido Xavier at the Rites of Spring Festival, or Rosfest. Slightly more fanboying happened when I was recently upgraded to VIP status for a meet-and-greet session of the Generation Axe tour guitarists. Steve Vai, Nuno Battencourt, Zach Wilde, Ingvi Malmsteen, and Tozan Abasi. I interacted with all of them, but said, I'm honored to Abasi, the only one whose work I actually knew, which seemed to be the opposite of everyone else in the audience. I often think it's intriguing about who people choose to honor or give fame to. I recently watched a documentary entitled The American Meme and feel that way even more strongly. I guess for me, the best celebrities are the ones I've worked with. How fun it is to see actors I once directed as the principal on Fresh Off the Boat or as an ensign in Star Trek The Next Generation and now appearing on NCIS and Bosch. Does that make me a little bit of a celebrity too? Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to Stephen Schramm at musefire.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-C-H-R-U-M at musefire, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com. Or leave a message at 724-835-4074 and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Schramm. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera. <laughs>